Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. And the Mavs will run it out now. Shot clock turned off. We will have a Game 5 final score. Dallas 119, the Warriors 109. And the Warriors lead the best of seven, three games to one in their quest to try to get back to the NBA Finals. Yes, the coronation for the Golden State Warriors back in the NBA Finals will have to wait at least another 48 hours as the Mavs jump out to a 29-point lead going to the fourth quarter. The Warriors' bench able to cut it all the way down to eight at one point in the final stanza, but uh, ultimately not enough. 119-109 to the final. As heard uh, earlier here on 95.7 The Game with Tim and Tom on the call, we welcome you inside Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson from American Airlines Center in Dallas. Whitey Gleason alongside as well. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open. Uh, Whitey, uh, let's just start with uh, a night where there was a lot going on, but uh, the, the overarching theme, the Warriors just didn't have it tonight. Not as locked in defensively. The ball wasn't moving, and the Mavs hit 23-pointers, and that uh, is enough for them to build the lead that they would not relinquish. Hopefully, J.D., I mean, first things first, hopefully you didn't get wet. Hopefully you weren't rained on with that uh, the leaking roof. We were worried about you. Yeah, so far so good, although it was in the in right in front of the section uh, that, that I'm sitting in, in now. It looked like the, at one point they went and put a big tarp up uh-huh. in in the area of the rafters where uh, it, the leak had been coming from. There's actually a couple of tarps now uh, as I look up up high here inside American Airlines Center. But yeah, rain delay at an NBA playoff game. That's a new one uh, going into the second half. What what wound up being a 16 minute delay with the 15 minute halftime. So a 31 minute break. Uh, the Warriors already down at that point, big, and then the Mavs really blew this thing open in the third, 37-23. I think tonight clearly was about Dallas doing a lot of the things that they knew they needed to do. They made threes, as you said, as everyone knows who watched the game. Their transition defense was really good. Their defensive rebounding was much better. The others played well for them. Uh, They got to the basket. Um, They defended the three-point line well. So, bottom line, Dallas did a lot of the things they knew they needed to do. On top of that, as we discussed, very strange night. You had the rain delay, and, of course, the game played against the backdrop of a tragedy. I thought Sam Mitchell said some really interesting things tonight on NBA TV. Sam Mitchell, former player, he's coached in the league. He said, you know, 
uh, understand where Steve Kerr is coming from, and it, it, but it has to be in some ways difficult for his team to be emotionally in the right frame of mind before a game when your coach is as distraught as he was. And don't misunderstand me. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that was improper, but it was just, you know, it's, it's difficult. All of a sudden, there's questions, should we even be playing tonight? So, yeah, very strange night, an emotional night, a tragic night uh, in the state of Texas. Bottom line, basketball-wise, the Dubs did get, you know, the, the Dub subs played so well into the game and at least forced Dallas' starters back on the floor. And, yeah, the Warriors would have loved to have swept, but here they are still in great shape with the 3-1 lead with this series going back to San Francisco. 888-957-9570. At one point, a 32-11 advantage for those subs in the fourth quarter as the Warriors went to the fourth quarter uh, down by 29. It was 99-70. The Warriors able to claw back to 110-102. to And then Steph Curry came back into the game with 322 to go. Klay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins followed uh, along with, with Poole and, and Bielitsa in those final couple of minutes there. Uh, I know Steve Kerr did address in his postgame press conference. I went downstairs to the the press conference room he did address we will play for you just what he had to say as far as some of the decisions uh you know at any time the bench group makes a run whitey and and you see this throughout the course of, of regular seasons sometimes a coach will let those those guys try to try to finish it some you know do you go back to your starters win uh, I, I didn't think really for all of the quarter until he actually put Curry back in that he was going to do that at all but an eight point game kind of a why not go for it what what did you think of the decision to go back to Curry and then Clay and Wiggins after that group had had trimmed two-thirds of a 29 point lead away well and as you mentioned we're going to hear Steve Kerr but he brought up an interesting point a vital point there he says yeah the coaches we all agreed this group, they were getting it done. They belonged to stay on the floor. Kind of a preview of the Warrior future, perhaps, when you look at who was on the floor there. But as Steve Kerr said, we decided if it got close, then we would bring Steph back in. But also, he said that bunch, they got a little tired, too. So that was another reason they had to make a switch. And, you know, kind of a moral victory, in a way, to force Dallas, as I said, to put their starters back out there. I just want to point out, uh, J.D., because you know how much we've been talking about Damian Lee and Damian Lee tonight made three of six shots and he was plus 15 and he was really good <laughs> in that fourth quarter. So remember we were talking Saturday about, Hey, you know what? I know no one likes Damian Lee, but if the Warriors need shooting, he's going to be back in the game. And he actually did a really good job tonight. Yeah, he, he was among that group uh, with Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and Nemanja Bielitsa, who played the entire first uh, nearly nine minutes, 8.38 of the quarter, and it outscored the Mavs 32-11. As you mentioned, the Mavs put their starters back into the game, and, and there was a, a few tense moments, uh, a few deep breaths, a few gasps in the building uh, as the fourth quarter was rolling on. I think everybody was feeling pretty comfortable about the Mavs' ability to finish it, but it did get a little tight for a couple of possessions in here down down the stretch, uh, especially once the Warriors decided to, to put Curry back in the game it was it was game on at that point with with three minutes to go so eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero uh just kind of running through some of the the headlines and, and storylines of this game uh you look at the Warriors down 28 24 at the end of the first quarter another night similar to game two where the Mavs were making threes and they were making a lot of threes early seven for 12 from three in in the first quarter and you look at the when the Mavs are able to do that they're able to hang in the series and that's that's really what has been the case when they don't make threes they got no shot 
essentially, to beat this Warriors team. Just too many other ways that, that the Warriors can, can beat them. When they make a lot of threes, it, I guess, gives them a chance on their home floor. It was a, a blowout that got a little... It got a little dicey down the stretch there, but I, I think you know, they have to push that 23-point marker clearly in this series to, to, to have a shot. That bodes well for the Warriors, I think, going home and, and the inability for Dallas to do it consistently enough, kind of an every-other-game basis. I thought the Warriors had some, some breakdowns defensively in the first quarter that allowed some some more open looks uh, yeah. th- than maybe maybe uh, the, the game, certainly Sunday and, and game one back in, in San Francisco. But when the Mavs are hitting them, they're, they're tough. Yeah, the, the Warriors had some defensive breakdowns, and I thought Dallas did a better job than they have been doing of breaking down the Warrior defense from the inside out. I thought at times early on, J.D., and I know we'll get right to the callers here, early it felt like the Warriors got off to a decent start in the first quarter. They would start to squeeze ahead by a few points, and then Dallas was making threes, and the Warriors did not shoot well from the three-point line in the first half, three of 16. I thought it would have been a whole different complexion for that first half if the Warriors had shot the ball better. Clay didn't shoot the ball well tonight. Jordan Poole, I know he had his moments with the with the uh, dub subs. He did not play well for much of the game, so I thought that was a real key. Give Dallas credit for defending the three-point line well. Give Dallas credit for making threes. The Warriors did not shoot well tonight, and I thought that was ultimately their, their biggest issue. All right, let's uh, get it started with Dave and Alameda on the phones tonight. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Dave? Hey, J.D. and Whitey, it's great to talk to you. Great show for you guys to do the game after the Warriors playoffs. It's pretty sweet. You know, I think uh, you guys are right. Give a lot of credit to Dallas for hitting their threes and, you know, not turning the ball over as many times. Obviously, they had a little more, uh, you know, just call. They were much calmer tonight. Uh, shout out to Steve Kerr, you know, having to deal with this tragedy and whatnot and getting his team as ready as he could. Unfortunately, the third quarter didn't go the way the Warriors normally do it. Normally, the Warriors, if they had had their normal third quarter, that, that fourth quarter would have been even much more exciting. Congratulations to the second team on the Warriors. Uh, we're going to need both the first team and the second team to do their thing when they come back to San Francisco and whatnot. I was going to say, when I was younger and I was 12, you know, us a lot of us kids, you know, we get guns when we're young. You know, I got a I got a, a semi-automatic rifle when I was 12. It's a strange thing in this country, especially in California. So it's a, it's a tough way to go. It's no real good argument on either side. You guys have a great show. Go, Jason, kids. Bye. All right, Dave. Appreciate the call. Uh, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up here at 95.7 the game. Uh, let's get to our, our handyman hero uh, of the night. Uh, and you know, not a lot to choose from. Maybe Whitey, you gonna go from you gonna go with uh, you gonna go with Damian Lee tonight, our, our handyman hero. Brought to you by Handyman Heroes, your one stop shop for home repair and remodeling. Uh, tough, tough night to pick. Do you go Jonathan Kaminga? Do you go Moses Moody? Who who do you roll with tonight for the Warriors in uh, in, in in this loss? I'm going to go off the board here because I'm, I'm not a full partner in this show, so your vote carries the most weight. 
So I'm going to go just just because I want him to get some mention. I thought Bielita played really well tonight, and he didn't play as well as Kuminga or, or Moody, but Bielita uh, was two for two tonight. He had three rebounds. He had three assists. I uh, was a plus 18 when he was on the floor. So I just want to give a little tip of the cap to Nemanja Bielitsa because obviously when he came in, it was like waving the white towel, and he was a big part of that group that nearly got the Warriors back into this thing down the stretch. Yeah, I'm going to, on the Mav side of things, uh, if you had to go with a Mav, I think Dorian Finney-Smith, who typically is the the barometer for the Mavs when he makes threes, they usually win. He did tonight. He does a lot of other things well. Uh, But the 23 points, 4 of 7 from 3, they got a nice night from from Bullock uh, as well. He hit 6 of 10 from 3 after the offer uh, in the game on Sunday. And and sometimes it really is just as simple as as who's making shots and and, and who's not. So uh, I'll give you Bielitsa. Uh, as far as the Warriors side of it goes, and we'll give a nod to, to Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Reggie Bullock uh, off of their big games from 3-10 combined in this one as the Mavs get the win over the Warriors. Final score, 119-109. to So your hero of the game brought to you by Handyman Heroes. Handyman Heroes, your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling. Mention the game for a 10% discount on all labor it's www.handymanhero.es john dickinson whitey gleason 888-957-9570 phone lines open text line open uh, on the xfinity mobile text line from the 510 here as we get rolling uh clay thompson's play concerning whitey you touched on it and it's just you know up and down as far as as far as clay thompson goes kind of more the same there are games where he is really positively impactful and then there's just other games where it looks like he just doesn't have it at, at the level that that he has in the past i think we're at the point now whitey where this is for this season this is just who Clay Thompson is going to be. Whether the Warriors wind up playing, uh, you know, another game or two in this series, I think most Warrior fans are thinking a game. And if it's five, six, seven, however many games in an NBA Finals, I think we're just going to have to come to to grips with the fact that that Clay is going to be in every other game, kind of a player for the most part until he gets that full offseason under his belt, and then we'll see how much he can truly bounce back in that second year, which so many people talk about as, as the year where you really are able to, to get back to your old self if you're ever going to coming off the injuries that he's had. I think the encouraging news on Clay, if there is encouraging news, is that while he hasn't been great, he's been spotty, but he's playing better than he was when he played really poorly for stretches during the regular season. Remember when his poor shooting was affecting his shot selection. And I don't think he's taking bad shots now. He's just missing shots that everyone, including Clay, knows that, wow, he's normally making those. J.D., you talk a lot about how tough it is when you're playing a game every other night. I'm sure that's more difficult on Clay than it is on some others right now. So I think that's part of it. But tonight, yeah, great example. I mean, there were a number of times in that first half when the game's still up for grabs and the Warriors are trying to you know, assert themselves and get this thing tilted in their favor and take care of this series. And he had a number of shots that are just wide-open shots for Clay, even some mid-range stuff. And he's just his jump shot is really inconsistent now. At least it's not affecting everything else he does. But yeah, the jump shooting, I, I think you're right. We just have to accept it's gonna be it's gonna be really inconsistent. By the way, speaking of shooting, I, I thought Maxi Kleber was German for missed jump shot. And then tonight, my goodness, we had a Maxi Kleber sighting. The the others for Dallas, they got the job done tonight, JD. 
No, they did, and 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 that was really the story of the game. I mean, sometimes we can overanalyze this or that. You know, was this another one of those? I hate this term, but you hear it a lot. The Warriors playing with their food. Uh, I, I I despise that term, but I think you're going to hear it a lot probably <laughs> tomorrow and and Tuesday. I mean, I think it is it is disrespectful to to the opponent, and I, I don't like it. But you look at the Warriors with the opportunities to close out, and they're now zero for three in their first opportunity to close out in each series. And so I think you do at first give the Mavs credit as you gave the Nuggets a lot of credit. Neither one of those teams laid down. It's very easy to lay down, I think, in a 3-0 at home uh, and and force that that game five back on the road. The Warriors have not come out and played well in either of those games. The debacle in Memphis in game five with the Warriors having the 3-1 lead. They're 0-3 as far as the first three closeouts. The good news for the Warriors is... They've gotten the job done at home in the second opportunity in both of these first two series, game five against Denver, game six against Memphis. So the onus now on the Warriors, Whitey, to do that again here. And the one thing I will say, though, those those games where the Warriors did close out, both of those were, were grinders. <laughs> they, they were both mm-hmm. very similar ugly games coming off the travel and and one day in between and and trying to finish off a series. The Warriors have struggled in both of those, even though they have been able to win in the second try. The Warriors defensively, the last couple of games, I've noticed them trapping out of that zone more than I've seen them do before. You know, sometimes you'll see that at the end of an NBA game when a team needs a possession. It's like, we'll try to trap, get a steal. If we don't, we'll get a foul. But they've been trapping. They did that, I think it was the end of the half against Luka, and it was successful. That said... I thought tonight Dallas did the best job by far they've done so far in this series of making the Warriors pay for playing that zone. They broke that zone not just by making shots, but by attacking it, breaking it down. There was a number of times you saw Draymond you know, pointing at people. That wasn't always the zone defense the Mavs were breaking down. But this was the first night where I thought they did a really good job, the Mavericks, of, uh, of playing a really potent offense and effective offense against the Warrior defense when they were in zone. So we'll see how that translates uh, into the next game back in San Francisco. Yeah, just much more comfortable. I think I think there was a little more you know, flow and and, yeah. and movement to to the to the Mavs attack. Uh, and you just you look at the assist totals. You know, thirty for the Mavs in in the game tonight. Uh, and, and the Warriors wound up with with 26. Not a lot of ball pressure, really, either way. Turnovers not a factor. Not a lot of ball pressure. Just kind of a comfortable game, I thought, for the Mavs to to get into what they wanted to do. The Warriors were really, really buttoned up defensively. I thought in the game on Sunday, many more breakdowns as far as you know leaving Finney Smith. And and just you know getting a little bit, I think, confused on on some of the coverages, which which led mm-hmm. to maybe some more open looks than than were you know there's open looks and then there's really open looks and I think you could say oh the Mavs are missing open looks on Sunday tonight there was some some really really open looks based off of breakdowns and 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 then the Mavs were able to make them pay yeah and I thought Jordan Poole not to pick on Jordan Poole again he was a big part of the comeback but he didn't play well at either end in the first half and when the when the Mavs do spread you out and then if they get past, you know, they spread out your defense and they get past the defender at the point of attack, 
the whole thing breaks down. And I thought uh, Dallas did a much better job of that tonight. And I thought Jordan Poole was one of the victims uh, of that. So hopefully the Warriors are just getting back home. They make more shots. It's interesting, the symbiosis, the offense, defense. I think we see that with the Warriors a lot. When they're not uh, shooting well, when the offense isn't functioning, it adversely affects the defense. They weren't able to get out in transition. So if they shoot the ball better, it should take care of a lot of things. As I mean, that's the NBA today, right? We saw that with, with Dallas. They did everything better, and I think it started with the fact that they shot the ball a lot better tonight. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's get Aiden in Oakland here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Aiden? Hey, man. Um I want to give a shout out to my mom and the babies. Uh, my mom just passed away. Uh, she was a huge fan of the babies on our team the last few years. Uh, she loved Jordan Poole when he when he entered the league. Um, and you know, I, the last thing that we did together as a Warriors family was see Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moses Moody together. Uh, she was wearing a Kaminga jersey right alongside me. So I just want to give a big shout out to the two of them tonight. And uh, I just want to say I love you, mom. And uh, shout out to the babies. Thank, thanks for the call, Aiden. Appreciate it. And we're, we're both very, very sorry for your loss. Yes, we are. And uh, we're, we're also, we know your mom, you know, probably watching that game tonight. Pleased to see the way Kaminga and Moody played with Kaminga going five for 11 and Moody going four for seven. Poole scored 14 tonight. As I said, he was a little up and down, especially in that first half. But yeah, it's kind of a, I mean, if you really want to take the overly optimistic view of this game, we saw perhaps a preview of the Warrior future. Big game, and you had Kaminga and Moody when it's like, this game's out of hand, give them some more minutes there. And, and of course, Kaminga and Moody played some significant minutes as well, but they were both part of a big comeback where, as we said earlier, the Mavs were forced to put their starters back on the floor. So that was a really encouraging way to end this game on a very odd, uh, somewhat discouraging night. Yeah, that's a that's the big win for the Warriors coming out of this one is is the young guys being able to force the starters back into the game for the Mavs and just play a couple of more minutes as they have to go from home to road with the travel in between and and be set up to to have to play another uh, elimination game. So any little any little small portion that was taken mm-hmm. out of the the cup for for the Mavs, I think you give a hat tip to the to the young guys for being able to make a run and, and give the Warriors a shot where they they thought eight down with three twenty two to go that that maybe Curry gets back in there and can can hit a couple and and all of a sudden uh, they they put the Mavs in a, in a real danger zone. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. We'll come back. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We're going to hear from Steph Curry as the Mavs beat the Warriors tonight in Big D, 119 to 109. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast Dodges curry collide ball goes to bullock three ball top of the key for reggie bullock six and seven are the Mavs from distance they are scorching hot here on a rainy night in Dallas. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95-7 The Game. Mavs beat the Dubs. Warriors still lead three games to one. 119-109 the final. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text as Warriors Wrap Up rolls on here on 95-7 The Game on a night where the Mavs outhit the Warriors from three 20 to 10. Warriors right around the 33 point mark again. 10 of 28. And the Mavs 20 of 43 in this one. They made 19 threes in the first three quarters. Did go cold in the fourth. Uh, and the Warriors were able to outscore the Mavs 39 20 in the fourth. Big night for the Warriors' young bench players who got a lot of run in the fourth quarter with Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga, Damian Lee. Uh, along with Moses Moody and Nemanja Bialica. But Poole, Moody, Kaminga, obviously the youngsters of that group, uh, keyed a 32-11 run in the first almost nine minutes of the fourth to turn a 29-point deficit into an eight-point deficit. Warriors put Steph Curry back in the game, along with Klay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, but the Mavs able to prevail in this one. 888-957-9570. Whitey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, on uh, what was a strange night and also uh, a tragic day uh, here in the state of Texas. Here's the head coach. If it gets manageable and possible, then let's do it. And uh, felt like we had a shot with, uh, I guess, three and a half minutes left uh, when we put Steph and Wiggs and Clay in. And I also felt like the group 
that had played that great run in the fourth quarter. You know, maybe he was getting a little tired there. And so just made the decision to see if we could pull off a miracle. But it wasn't meant to be. Dallas was great tonight. Uh, they deserved to win. They executed. They played with more force. And this is... It's the conference finals. This is how it's supposed to be. You got uh, two great teams, and uh, you know they 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 handled us well tonight. How did you address the team um, on such an emotional night and get them ready before before the game? Just talked basketball. You know, we didn't. There was sort of an unspoken awareness of what happened today. There was uh, it was a very quiet locker room beforehand. I felt like as a coach, you, my job is get the team ready to play. Difficult to sort of keep perspective on a day like today, but that's the shock and the, and the grief, the anger is there from all of our guys and um, from I'm sure everybody in the building. So you just, you have to accept that and, and go out and play. And that's what we try to do. Steve, were there any conversations not to have this game? Uh, did you, were you aware of any, any, any discussions at this game? No, I did not hear anything about supported that. Excuse me. Would you have supported maybe pushing this game? I out? would have supported uh, whatever the league decide i supported the fact that they decided to play i mean i you know we're just league employees and we're you know if they if they want us to play we'll play you went with uh kaminga with porter out what do you think about his minutes tonight yeah jk did a good job you know he uh was part of that group in the fourth quarter that really uh, battled back and and gave us a you know a sliver of a of a chance and uh he played with some force and got to the line and did some good things for us why do you, they hit 23s i mean what did you feel like there was more defensive breakdowns for you guys than yeah previous games? especially early uh we had some breakdowns early and they got i think they had seven corner threes in the first first quarter maybe for maybe it was first half but they had a bunch of corner threes one there was a breakdown in transition after a made basket shouldn't have been a problem and finney smith i think his first three wide open corner three we weren't alert tonight defensively we weren't sharp and uh and i thought we let them kind of get into a groove and once a team like that gets into a three-point groove it's it's tough to get them out of it what do you think those young guys did uh, in the fourth quarter what did you like about what happened there uh, i like the ball movement i thought overall tonight uh, the ball did not move uh, well enough uh, way too much dribbling and i thought that group came out and uh, did a better job moving the ball and got some easy buckets what did you see with that you know, similar group on the floor start second quarter? Too much dribbling and porous defense, so bad combination. Obviously, it's not the result of the game, but did you find yourself thinking or drifting at all, uh, knowing what happened today? Was there any, you know, hey, I got to get focused here kind of thing? Yeah, sure, uh, especially before the game, um, you know, before it started. I think we, we all felt the anger, uh, the frustration. Um, I know I expressed it. Uh, to you guys. Um, so I was pretty emotional and, and um, I, I tried to just, you know, get myself composed and coach the team. And so, you know, when, once the game started, I was focused on the game, but um, tough day for everybody. You know, that's, uh, that sounds like a very inappropriate thing to say. Tough day for everybody. I mean, I, I don't even know how to express the grief that those families are feeling right now. It's too much to fathom, too much to comprehend and um so yeah we um we move on and and we hope that um someone actually decides to uh value uh our citizens lives more than they value money and power that's pretty much it did tweet before the game that he tweeted your video and said that he, he hopes people watch that at least as much as they watch the game did you get did they tell you guys some guys tell you that did you feel that from the team 
uh, Steph just came up and looked me in the eye and gave me gave me the head nod and gave me a handshake and it was unspoken but I knew I knew what he was expressing. I was just going to ask you about the rarity of a rain delay um, in in an NBA game. Um, yeah. Did you get an explanation and was there was it a continuing issue with moisture? On no. The- once they got it cleared up, everything was fine. Um, so the only explanation was there was leak and, and obviously it was right in the on the in that corner in front of our bench so once it was cleared up it was it was not an issue all right so steve kerr there addressing a number of different things some of the defensive breakdowns obviously the the cloud uh, over the the world today uh, based on the the, the shooting uh, the school shooting and another mass shooting and uh, just you know, Steve Kerr trying to deal with that. He had an impassioned pregame uh, address about it. He spent his whole uh, two-minute and 40-second pregame media session uh, making a statement about that, and it definitely was something that was that was felt, I think, everywhere, uh, Whitey, of, of course, in the country, but, but in this building and, and over this game. I don't know if we've ever seen anything quite like that. We've had coaches in various sports, certainly some NBA coaches, with impassioned pleas about things going on in justices. I don't recall anything quite to the level in terms of just the uh, the anger and the passion that we saw from, from Steve Kerr tonight. So, uh, yeah, obviously it was a very difficult night for the Warriors, um, but the game must go on as they know better than anybody else, and Dallas uh, took care of of business, such a strange night in so many ways, in more innocuous ways. The rain delay, and at one point, I believe Jason Kidd was mic'd. At one point, he looked up and said, "Is it raining outside?" And then he said, "Oh, I guess it must be." Yeah, that's why. That's why there's water dripping in, Coach. But not only that, but how about Draymond Green shooting a free throw, JD? They got stuck on the back of the rim. You couldn't do that if you tried. No, you could not do that if you tried. Pretty, pretty incredible, uh, incredible moment uh, tonight uh, when that happened. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. The one bad game. How much of it is a concern? Uh, should the starters maybe have come back in sooner? I thought Steve Kerr played it played it the right way and then explained it the right way after the game when when he did say that he thought. Uh, that group maybe got a, a little bit tired uh, in the final three minutes, and they felt down eight that they had a shot at that point at, at 110 uh, to 102. And, and what are the big concerns about game five? Because for me, Whitey, on the surface, this is just kind of a nothing game. It's it's the one the Warriors had to play with. To me, it's more a testament to did the Mavs want to continue their season or did you know were they ready to go home and clearly they came out and set a tone early to where they wanted to keep fighting for their season and you know, at that point it it's going to take a, a much better game from the Warriors if you're if you're going to beat them and the Warriors just didn't have that game uh, in the bag and then you look at the fourth quarter and and you know I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I'm not as I'm not as high on the well. The fourth quarter shows the bright future. Like you know, I thought there was a let up from Dallas, and, and and it's it's definitely not a negative. But I don't necessarily think, oh wow, Kaminga Moody, like the the future is so bright based on that one quarter. I think the future for those players may be bright anyway. But I do mm-hmm. kind of feel like that's a, you know, it, it's a, it, it's basically mop up duty. And I know they wound up having rotation players in the game, and it was rotation players against the back end of the Warriors roster plus pool. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that is as much of a thing as maybe I've seen floating around 
in the hour or so after the game. Fair enough. I understand that, but I do think it is significant that at one point here, and I'm looking for my notes here, start of the second quarter, yeah, Moody and Kaminga were both on the floor to start the second quarter. That's really significant, and it doesn't mean, to your point, it doesn't mean... And they didn't play well in that instance. Right, right. And that, to me, matters more than maybe what happened in the fourth quarter when you're down 29, but go ahead. I'll let you continue. I do think it speaks uh, volumes of uh, how much they've progressed this year. Doesn't guarantee they're going to have a bright future, but I thought that was a very significant moment given the Warriors and their their two-timeline approach. I will say this, and I'm probably overreacting here. I tend to do this watching basketball. One bad play sometimes to me is like inexcusable, and it happened when the Warriors – uh, we're down 10. It was 115-105, so they were right up against it. They had very little margin for error, but they had a chance. This was after Steph had come back in because, as you said, you know, Kaminga makes a shot, and it's an eight-point game. They traded baskets, 115-105. Jordan Poole comes down the floor, dribble, 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 falls down and turns it over. And even Stan Van Gundy said, wow, he didn't let anyone else touch the ball there. Now, the Warriors were probably going to lose anyway, J.D., as we know, but that's the type of play that drives me crazy. You've got all this momentum going, and you're trying to get back in the game, and Steph Curry's back on the floor, and Jordan Poole is not going to pass the ball to anybody. Look, he's made great strides this year, but that was, in a nutshell, Jordan Poole at his worst when, tonight, when he's not defending well and then when he's over-dribbling. And in that case, ultimately, they're going to lose anyway, but that play drove me crazy because it was so obvious that he was just determined not to pass the ball to anybody, and that is not warrior basketball yeah and he he's been more up and down i think in in this series he's made some some big plays and he had a couple of huge shots in in game three but he has been a little bit more hit and miss as some of these series have, have gone on had the great start in the first three games against denver then struggled the last couple of games up and down in the memphis series and and a little bit more up and down for for jordan Poole in in this series as well and i think with different groups on the floor he has gotten a little bit caught in between do I want to be aggressive do I want to let the flow of the game kind of come back to me I think he's he's gotten a little bit out of sorts with respect to that at times I will say to his credit and his in his defense he was part of that group in the second quarter where I think the game was lost you could say no it was third quarter but in that second quarter Dallas outscored the Warriors 34-23. As I mentioned, Kuminga and Moody started uh, the quarter. Of course, the Warriors were without Porter. And with the group they had on the floor, they really needed Poole to provide some offense. And the offense was just stuck, like Steve Kerr said. Uh, the offense was there was not a lot of ball movement. And so Jordan Poole recognized, I'm going to have to take some shots. He took some bad threes. So in that case, he didn't shoot well. But that group really, that's one thing I think we learned tonight. Yeah, Kaminga and Moody overall, they did some excellent things in the second half. But that bunch that the Warriors had on the floor to start the second quarter, that was not a good group. The offense did not function. Yeah, Poole, Thompson, Moody, Kaminga, Looney started the second quarter, and the Warriors actually started that stretch 7-1, and then it was eight straight for Dallas after that, and the the Warriors wound up losing the quarter 34-23, but the Warriors were down 16. It went from 4-16. So even with the six 
uh, the plus six start, it still wound up being a, a minus 12 overall with the plus six start for, for that group. And really a group that Steve Kerr had to go to, Whitey, out of necessity, right? Moses yeah. Moody's been in the, in the rotation with Damian Lee out uh, of the rotation and Peyton and Iguodala out. And with Otto Porter missing tonight's game, to me it was an obvious one that Kaminga was going to have to get some run. Steve Kerr went to Kaminga in game three in or game four rather in Denver with the Warriors up three games to none. So it didn't surprise me that with sort of the pressure off and Porter out that he gave Kaminga the the run that he did in in both halves. And I thought Draymond Green tonight he finished pardon me with ten points. He was four of eight. Uh, I think he had what six rebounds. But I thought his reluctance to take the ball to the basket, even though he did have he had four baskets, but there was one play in particular where instead of shooting a teardrop, he threw an awkward pass to Looney, who couldn't catch it. That was another factor. Draymond just a little reluctant tonight to take the ball to the basket, and there were too many times tonight. Uh, first time we, we've seen it, I think, really as uh, in this series, although we saw it a little bit in game two, where offense tonight was stuck. Give Dallas's defense some credit, but the where offense at times tonight was just stuck in the mud. So hopefully they get right. beyond that when they're back home. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It is Warriors wrap-up on 95.7. The game is the Mavs beat the Dubs 119-109. So the clincher will have to wait uh, until at least Thursday back at Chase Center with the Warriors trying to find their way in the NBA Finals for the sixth time uh, in the last eight years. Let's go ahead and hear a little bit from Steph Curry postgame downstairs here at American Airlines Center as he addressed the media following the game. When did it perk you up? Like, they, they could probably do this. We could get back in this game. Probably JK's three in the corner. I don't know if it cut it. I can't remember what the score was, but it was a different feeling. That kind of nervous energy in the building. Our guys were just out there hooping. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch them just compete, find a little rhythm, a little chemistry, and give us some life. And that's what they're they're out there to do. It was it was just awesome to watch. Steve said that he was talking amongst the coaches. And did he ask you like, hey, do you want to come back in? Do you feel okay coming back in? Or did he kind of tell you what were those conversations like? It wasn't really much of a conversation with us. I'm sure they were having it as the, we were climbing into the uh, to the lead a little bit. I think I mentioned something to, to Q at one point, like I, I'll be fine to go in whenever. And then when he made the call after a timeout, like I was, I was fine physically and all that. But just it's kind of crazy that we had an opportunity to even think we had, had a little bit of life. And uh, it's credit to those five guys out there that uh, you know made that possible, made made them uh, Dallas you know work down the stretch, which. Hopefully in playoff series, all that stuff matters over the course of the you know, each game. They had 23s. What did you think was going on with you guys defensively? A lot of that was just, you know, great shots by them. The way that they play, we talked about it. You know, game one, it was they were heaving from everywhere. Missed a lot of a lot of ones they probably thought they should have made. Game two, they were hot, and we figured it out in the second half how to cool them down, climb back into the league, got that one. Last game was kind of, you know, an average type game. And it, tonight was playing – it was almost like an ego win. Like you come out, you really have nothing to lose. So that confidence started early. We didn't really do nothing to to slow it down. And then that's where the avalanche starts. So it's a good lesson learned in terms of you tip the hat, you know, your hat to them because they they made a lot of shots. We had a couple of breakdowns in our our zone that gave them easy looks. They made us pay, and uh, we knew to close them out. It's going to be tough. So you got to you know strap up and on defense. 
when we come when we go home game five and figure out you know how to slow them down, especially in you know that first quarter. Are there any specific breakdowns that that come to mind on on some of their threes? They tried some stuff in on our against our zone, trying to you know overload one side and force us to rotate, and we were just a step slow. They obviously have a lineup where they can put five shooters you know out there. And then they switched it up, and I think I don't know if it was in the first half and the second half they put Luca off the ball in the zone, so he was the one catching with a lot of dribble and you know making us make a read. So playoffs are fun; it's a game of adjustments, and you got to figure out if you can't do it on the fly, and like you have a game like you had tonight. These next forty-eight hours to get prepared, come out with a, another level of, of focus on uh, on what they did to you know win the game like like they did tonight. Pretty press conference. You shared a handshake with him and a little hug. No words were necessarily exchanged, but did you watch his pregame press conference? What was, I guess, that unspoken message you were trying to share with him after his comments about today's shooting? I appreciate his leadership. It was was on everybody's mind coming into the game. It's kind of hard to stay focused on going out and playing basketball and knowing, you know, what happened, you know, in, in this state. And I got kids, send them to school every day, drop them off. And you you feel for the parents that are, uh, you know, going through what they're going through. I can't even imagine the pain. So for Coach to come up here and say what he said and every word that he said was powerful, was meaningful. You know, I accept that challenge of trying to figure out a way to, you know, again, use my voice and platform to help hopefully make make change. And uh, you can you can tell um, what it meant to him come up in front of y'all and use this microphone to say what he said. So. Appreciate his leadership on that. He's been doing that, you know, since he, uh, since I've, I've I've known him. Was it difficult to get your mind right for the game, and how did you do that? Life is waste of balance. It's hard. Like you just you come in. The perspective is this is what we do. So you 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 know how to kind of use your routine to get you ready. Obviously, your mind wanders from time to time, but especially at yeah, the moment of silence before the game and all of that. So it's, it's tough, but it, uh, it reminds you how you know blessed we are to be able to do what we do, and that uh, we can't get lost in a basketball game for two and a half hours. You know, even though it is difficult, knowing what's going on in our country. For a team obviously still led by veterans with you, Clay, Draymond, how impressive is it to see two 19-year-olds with Moses and Kaminga kind of being part of that rally in the fourth quarter there? It's great because they had an opportunity to go out there and make their, their presence felt, impact the game, build some confidence and uh, some experience, you know, in this series and what it feels like to be out there. So, you know, with Otto being out, GP being out, there's minutes available. And for us to close this series out, you know, game five, I'm sure they're going to be out there playing some some minutes. So carry that confidence uh, back home with us and, and hopefully they perform the same way. I know you didn't shoot the ball well as a team from three tonight. Did, did you like the looks you got or was those just they didn't they did fall? I think the first three games I would consider, like I would say we haven't shot it as well as we wanted to based on, you know, the shots that we got and the way that they were defending us. Obviously tonight I only got a five, which is kind of weird. And I'll figure out exactly what they tried to do to take those looks away. But, you know, we can probably create a little bit more volume, but. I think the looks that we got were pretty solid. Just we were taking the ball out the net or taking it out the free throw line or off the free throw line because um, we were fouling, you know, a little too much to start that start the game and we couldn't really create a flow like we like we're used to. All right, so Stephen Curry there with his thoughts on on this one, the young guys, everything uh, going on uh, before the ball game as well with with Steve Kerr's uh, impassioned. In 
speech uh, and statement to the media. Uh, as far as the the young guys go, the the one point I, I will agree with with Stefan Whitey is Moody and Kaminga are going to probably have to be out there playing in Game Five. So it does help their future in terms of getting a, a good lengthy taste of of playoff basketball and going up against the you know the the main rotation players of of the Mavs. So I, I think there is a benefit there. I guess where I was maybe disagreeing earlier, it's it's not like look, the, all Dallas wanted to do was get the starters out of the game and and that young group prevented him from doing that. So that's a win. It definitely gives them valuable experience moving forward. I, I guess the only part where I differ from maybe you and, and others is I don't think the fact that they play well is necessarily the the automatic uh, you know statement toward they're going to have amazing careers because they were able to do that in a, in, in a playoff series where a team basically let up uh, you know, ahead by 29. I guess that's well, where I, I get off. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not on that bus either. And if I if led you to believe uh, I am, I just think that it's something that the warriors, you know, when you're looking for positives after a game like that, it's something you can, you can point to, but I'm with you. I will say this about Moody, you know, Moody, the last couple of games, he'd had some big moments, especially finishing uh game two in the fourth quarter, but he really had a nice night offensively. And yeah, some of that was borderline garbage time, but I think it's really good for him to get up seven shots and make two or three, three pointers and have 10 points. So I think that's really good to get his feet wet offensively a little bit going forward. Cause you're right. They are, they're going to need more of that. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We got another hour to go here as I am coming to you from American Airlines Center in Dallas. Whitey Gleason alongside as well. We'll hear more from downstairs here uh, at the AAC as the Warriors get beat tonight in game number four of the Western Conference Finals. Mavs win it one nineteen to one oh nine. You heard it all right here on ninety five seven the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Draymond shoots a free throw and it stops dead on the back plate. Who says he doesn't have touch? They should at least give him 10 seconds to see if it drops through. Like right? a putt, right? <laughs> Somebody stand over it. I've never seen that. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Yeah, that's an all-timer tonight. Tim Weird. Roy, Tom Tolbert yeah. on the call there. Have you ever seen that, Whitey? I don't think I've seen that in my uh, three-plus decades of watching NBA games. I think maybe I saw it once on a jump shot, but never on a free throw. I agree with with Tim Roy, by the way. I think it was Maxi Kleber, maybe Bertans went up there and knocked it out of there. You got to leave that thing alone for a little bit and see what happens. Maybe there's a little tremor or something and it rolls in. I don't know what the rule is on that, but uh, yeah, very weird. And did you see almost as weird, but not quite? Luca threw up a shot. It was a foul, so play it stopped. He threw up a shot arched it so it would bounce in front of the rim, and then it bounced up and still went in. Did you see that shot? That was amazing. I did. I did. Oh, my goodness. That was truly amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just bizarre, bizarre night and and bizarre, bizarre stuff going on uh, with the leak and, and the delay as far as them trying to get everything mopped up. And, yeah, a couple of crazy shots as well uh, tonight from Luca and then from Draymond on that free throw. That That's something I've never, never seen before. 888-957-9570. Dre and Lamore is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Dre. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, like everyone else, I was hoping for the sweep, but when Dallas shoots like that or any other team, for that matter, shoots like that, 99 out of 100 times they're going to win. Got to shake their hand. They made some – they just made their shots. I mean, it was their night. Um, I was really impressed with the unit Steve Kerr sent in there. I know Dallas was letting up, but they did make the game somewhat close. I kind of disagree with Kerr putting Curry back in on the starters. Because they would have had to play a perfect game to pull that out. Let the youngsters finish out what they started. That's the way I was thinking. Hey, you know, let them finish it out. Let them see what happens. I know we, you know, we'd ra- he'd rather win the game. I'm not. Steve Kerr knows way about basketball more than I'll ever know. But I thought he should just let the youngsters in. What do you guys think? Yeah, appreciate the call. I think in the regular season, that's that's what he does. He he lets he lets him finish it, and you see what happens. And and if the Mavs continue to to not have an answer for that young group, then then maybe they wind up getting beat. I, I think in the playoffs, if you think that group's getting a little tired, which Steve Kerr did say he thought they were, and you have Steph Curry, who's capable of of maybe going on his own 10-0 run in the final three minutes to to put you ahead. I, I think you got to go back to to Steph Curry at that point, and so it sounds like the logic was was sound. Although the Mavs were able to to finish the Warriors off once Curry and then Clay and Wiggins were were all back on the floor. 
Yeah, I think that's the bottom line. I'm with you, JD. And Dre makes a great point, but it's just a matter of these. they were worn out. Remember game two when the Warriors came from way behind, they stuck with their game plan and they didn't have to exert too much energy to get back into that game and ultimately win it. This group tonight in the fourth quarter, and they don't, they're not used to spending that much time on the floor together, they exerted a lot of energy to cut that thing down to eight, and uh, some of them were spent. So there were two very good reasons to make that move. One, get Steph on the floor. Two, we got to do something because these guys are tired. But Dre obviously is right, his, his uh, overarching point about the way Dallas shot the ball. I mean, here's a number that really illustrates it. Um, the Warriors tonight, 10 of 28 on three-point shooting as a team, 10 of 28. Whereas for Dallas, you had Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith and Kleba. Those three guys were 12 for 20. And those guys we know have been up and down. Kleba had really struggled. So those three, 12 for 20, while the Warriors as a team, 10 for 28. I, I think tonight's also a, a, a night where the Mavs hit 23s that it really makes you appreciate the way the Warriors were able to win game two. And you think about how different this series would be. And I know it doesn't work that way. Uh, if, if game two goes a certain way, game three plays out differently. Game four probably plays out differently as well with the Warriors not having the, the 3 nothing advantage. But, but for the Warriors to be able to win a game when Dallas made 21 threes, I, I said it when, when we talked after the game Friday night, to me that's going to be – what proves to be the the difference in in flipping this series, the Warriors winning that game when Dallas shot it so well from three. And you look at a night like tonight, they hit 20, and and that's enough with 19 of them in the third quarter to build a 29-point lead. The Warriors were only down by two going to the fourth quarter on Friday night in game two, and the Mavs had hit 17 threes. So two more threes, but the lead was 27 points greater uh, in the game tonight. You know what's really interesting to me, J.D.? Speaking of offense, the last two games now, Dallas has really gotten off to a great start at the start of the second quarter when Luke mm-hmm. is sitting down. Uh, I think it was tw- they went on a 12 to four run in the last game, and tonight it was I think 16 to two with Lucas sitting down. And one of the reasons I think that's happening when he's off the floor, Dallas pushes the pace a lot more. And with the worst playing so much zone, especially it's an old basketball adage. The best way to beat a zone is to beat the zone down the floor. And so I'm wondering now, and I, I think Stan Van Gundy was talking about this. You know, maybe Dallas decides at times, maybe even when Luke is on the floor, we got to push the pace a little bit because they've had a lot of success pushing tempo when Luke has been sitting down at the start of second quarters the last two games. 888-957-9570. we got a couple of people that want to squawk with us on the phone lines. Let's get to Freshman in Pacifica. What's going on, Freshman? Hey, yes. Hey, still learning a lot about basketball from you guys and your callers, but I got to say – the new guys having a good night tonight was a big deal, and it is a good sign. Like, what would you be saying if they stunk up the joint, right? So, uh, you know, we got Ray Ratto for the Convergent Lee stuff, and uh, I, I, I think the rest of us should applaud the new guys doing well. Uh, also, I really appreciate Steve Kerr. By, by going out and speaking, he took a leadership position, took the weight off his players, the organization, and everyone else involved. Uh, so that we could focus on basketball for the evening while while keeping this in mind and, and again, what he said so well. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the second part, freshman. Great phone call uh, on that. W- well said. And, look, it doesn't hurt. I- I'm just saying it's as far as the, the young players playing well, it doesn't hurt. 
I mean, it's definitely a positive. I just don't think it's that great of an indicator of just what the level of their careers is going to be. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm coming from. And I and maybe I'm misreading the tone, uh, you know, from from some. And, and a lot of it is, you know, Twitter's not real life, but it's like, wow, just, oh, great. Oh, the young guy, like this, you know, the next wave. Like, I, I don't view tonight as some indicator of this great next wave that's going to be dominating the league in four years. Sorry, I just don't. They did their job tonight. They cut a 29-point lead to eight. They made the Mavs put their starters back in the game. They helped the Warriors, in essence, maybe win this series because the Mavs starters had to play more, and, and they, they played excellent basketball in the time that they were out there. I just don't think tonight is the night where you start making judgments about the, the futures of their career based on really mop-up duty. Let, let's be honest. It was mop-up duty. It was garbage time. Now, they did the most with it, but that's what it was. Some of it was, and you're right, but some of it was significant. Kuminga, when he first entered the game, um, I thought his night was fascinating, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. We were talking, I think it was Saturday on Warriors this week about who else might get some minutes, and I was saying I think Kuminga, but I don't know how he would fit in. I'm not sure how that would work, and of course it works because Porter was out, so Kuminga's in there, um, and he made his presence felt an, uh, right away offensively. Uh, he only made one out of three three-pointers, but 17 points, made some free throws, eight rebounds, all defensive rebounds. We know that's been an issue with him at times this year. So I thought that was a real strong effort from him. He's still, you know, the fact that you're in a playoff series and you got a 19-year-old still not giving you what Otto Porter gives you. But I thought Kuminga overall, in addition to what he contributed when the Warriors made their run and cut it to eight, I thought he had overall, J.D., a really encouraging night. Not so much that, oh, he's got to play 20 minutes every night in this series, but I thought he really handled uh, handled himself well tonight. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Let's go to Bobby in Oakland next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Bobby. Hey, how's it going, guys? Appreciate the, uh, this, Doing well. the call here. And, yeah, I, I came away extremely encouraged. Grant, I know we lost, but I encouraged by the future. There, obviously, there were at the point when Poole, Kaminga, and uh, and Moody were out there, and I was just imagining uh, Wiggins and Wiseman. Now, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about Wiseman. I had a chance to see him live when he was with the G League here at the arena. You can see the talent, how it translates. This guy is extremely active around the bucket, outside. I think it's going to be a very solid defender. That group is going to be a high-flying explosive group. Yeah, and I know it's mop-up duty and so forth, but you can see how the talent translates. You can stand withstand the, uh, the, the the pressures on the playoff, and regardless of what point in the game it is, and you show something, that's only bodes well for the future. So I, mean, I came away extremely encouraged by the future. So that's all I wanted to say, fellas. Appreciate it, Bobby. 888-957-9570. I, I think I'm in the minority on this one, Whitey. I really do. I, like, I, I did not at any point. And, and look, I I think they did their job and 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 they helped and again I've said it a couple of times the Mavs wanted nothing more than to not play their starters at all the rest of the night going into that fourth quarter and that group prevented them from doing it but I didn't at any point in the fourth quarter look up and go man Poole Moody and Kaminga and maybe Wiseman three years from now are going to be dominating the league sorry my mind just didn't go there.
Mm-hmm. I still think that it was it was really significant that, as we said, start of the second quarter, you had your two 19-year-olds, and they were on the floor when the game was still up for grabs. Because earlier this year, you know, we've seen, well, Bones Highland play. He was a major part of what Denver did. Uh, we saw in the Phoenix-New Orleans series. I mean, uh, I think they have the, the Pelicans had – you know Jones, and I think they had two, three rookies that were you know s- played significant roles. And the Warriors, because they relied on veterans, we haven't seen that as much from them. But tonight we saw uh, the two rookies and nineteen-year-olds playing uh, high-leverage minutes. So that's encouraging. Maybe you know it doesn't it doesn't ensure that the future is bright necessarily, but I think it's a real positive sign. Bobby reminded me of something that I think. Uh, is interesting about this series talking about Wiseman and you know Wiseman a legitimate big so that's neither here nor there but my point is this Dallas I think one of the reasons they've struggled against the Warriors more than they did in the previous two rounds part of it's because you know the Warriors are really good but Dallas was able to really compromise Utah in the first round because they had Gobert and they were really able to compromise Aiton and JaVale McGee in the second round the way they spread the floor and shoot the three ball, they do what the Warriors do against other teams' bigs. They compromise your bigs. The Warriors don't have, they don't rely on that. So I think that's one reason why it's been difficult for Dallas to get the type of traction in this series so far that they got in the first two rounds. On the Xfinity Mobile text line, someone that disagrees with Steve Kerr going back to the starters, 510, you don't. Uh, that's BS. You play the hot hand, this person writes. You already threw in the towel. The zone was not working with the stars. The backups had the energy to play the zone right. They were fine. He should have let them be. The moment uh, you put Curry out there with the starters, it went downhill. Your thoughts? That would have been coaching malpractice. If you have Steph Curry and he's available <laughs> and you don't put him back in the game. I'm sorry. It's Steph freaking Curry. Come on. I understand we all root for the underdogs, and at times maybe some of us when we played, we were the underdogs, and maybe we were coming off the bench. But in that situation, you got Steph Curry available. Yeah, you put him back in the game because you still didn't have much of a chance to win, but you had a slim chance, and that chance was a little better if Steph Curry was back on the floor. So I appreciate anyone listening and, and, and participating, but to me, the notion that, no, Steph should have stayed out, to me that's ludicrous, J.D. That is ludicrous. 888-957-9570. Regular season, you let it play out. Postseason, I think if you've got Steph Curry, who, I mean, all we were talking about all day today was, was he going to be the Western Conference Finals MVP? And if he wasn't the Western Conference Finals MVP, then uh, you know any media member that differed from that should have their, their vote taken away <laughs> from him, right? I mean, that was, that was basically the conversation for the last 48 hours. And now it's, oh, don't put Steph Curry back in the game when you're down eight with three minutes to go, for crying out loud. Get yeah, out of here with that. It- it's not even about, you know, who deserved to be in or you in that situation, you're running out of time. You only have so many possessions. Boy, it'd be nice to make a few threes. Well, hello, you're the greatest three-point shooter of all time available. So, of course, you put him back in the game. Yeah, and the 5-1-0, Dallas had their regular rotation to start the fourth quarter. Right, they're, they're non-Luka minutes, and then everybody was forced to come back into the game. They were hoping, bench guys versus bench guys, they would, ab- they would be able to close it out and stay up 20 to 25 with about four or five minutes left. And yeah, maybe Luca comes back in for a couple of minutes, but, but the hope would be at that point with the group that the Warriors had out there that it's, it stays around 30 and you never put 
the main guys back in the game at all if you're Dallas. Hey, big night for Luca, plus minus. It's time for tonight's plus minus fun fact. He was plus seven tonight. So you know what Luca is for the series now, plus minus wise, JD? Uh, minus 17. I think he's minus 54. With okay. a plus seven, with a plus seven tonight, he's up to minus 54 for the series. Wow. Okay. That, that is worse than I thought. I know he had the, what the minus 30 in game one. And then, uh, I'm, I'm working a little behind in terms of, uh, one thing about, I can't get a paper box score to save my life in this building. Been, been a good, good crowds. Yeah. So I I am a little behind on some of my record keeping issues. I'm I'm not going to lie to you, Whitey, because you can't, yeah, yeah, go figure. You can't get, you can't get a paper box score to save your life in, uh, in American Airlines Center, at least uh, a final box. I, I scoured the, the bowels of this building trying to get one and, and couldn't come up with one. So I'm, I'm working off the computer, which for me uh, might as well be working naked. Yeah, it's tough. We appreciate it. Yeah, according to reports here, going into tonight's game, Wiggins was leading the Warriors at plus 66, and he was minus 7 tonight, so he'd be plus 59. And Luka was the worst on the Mavs coming into tonight's game at minus 61. But as I said, a plus 7 for the first-team All-Leaguer tonight. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's hear a couple of minutes with Moses Moody. Still time for some phone calls as we're going to be with you until 11 o'clock. We also have your shot of the game coming up for you between now and 11 as well. But let's hear a couple of minutes of Moses Moody from downstairs postgame here on 95.7 The Game. Moses, when did, when did it feel like you guys were making headway in the fourth quarter, or did it even feel like that at all? Yeah, I mean, it did. Our job was to, you know, get out there and uh, keep playing the game and uh, try to fight back, and that's what we did, get close enough in striking distance. Those those corner threes that you made, those two, and J.K. hit another one, obviously called a timeout. Why do you think you have such a good rhythm, uh, you know, in this, uh, against this team, I, I would say? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's just against this team, you know, it's just a... Uh, opportunity to be out there so when I'm on the floor I feel like uh, things can happen like that what was the message from some of the veterans on the bench when you guys were rallying back like that they just keep going I mean they I guess they 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 saw they saw where it was going what could have what could have been and you know obviously uh, once we were in striking distance then you know anything could happen you know and that was last couple minutes of the game you know you knock down two shot two threes when you're down 10 now you're down four that quick so it's just um just playing just playing basketball until the end and then I feel like it was good even even though we didn't come out with the win, those guys had to play for the rest of the game. They didn't get they didn't get to take a break, take they take them any time off. We got to uh, go back to San Francisco and play them again, and they didn't get a break in the second half. They had to play all forty minutes. How much is this these minutes you've been getting and being in rotation? How much is it helping you develop a, a comfort? Does it does it feel better than it did maybe when you first got out there or more comfortable? That's probably been the biggest thing. Uh, you know, getting out there, getting my rhythm, feeling comfortable, uh, getting used to the guys. Uh, I mean, like. Like all, like all season, kind of, but uh, been trying to all season. But this time is really good in the playoffs to have the opportunity to really uh, establish that. You and Jonathan are two 19-year-olds who combined for 18 points in the fourth quarter. Just how, I guess, exciting is that, that you two are kind of finding your rhythm, being so young, playing on such a big stage as the Western Conference Finals and having that, you know, success? Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to get out there and, you know, uh, with JK too, just get out there, uh, find the rhythm, uh, try to figure some things out and just battle back and play. It was, it, was, it was fun. You know, we wanted to come out with the win. We wanted to uh, get it close enough to do so, but it didn't turn out the way we wanted. How, how big has Leandro been for your development this season? You know, a guy who played at a high level. I know he shares a lot of stories from his playing days. How big has he been? Gigantic. He's, um, 
been in the game. I can take a lot from him. Uh, how fast, how how he plays downhill, and he attacks angles, uh, defensive, tra- defensive tra- transition defense, uh, on ball defense. So that's just the mental things that I can pick his brain and talk to him about. But even more than that, he's out there playing with us and pick up and as you know all the game, all the pickup because usually when you're not in the rotation playing, then you playing a lot of pickup. Uh, three on three, five on five on off days. And, you know, that's that's where I've been for most of the year. So that's he's been great being able to compete in times like that. Hilton Armstrong, too, uh, guys that's just in there. Mikey uh, competing with us and behind the scenes and uh, getting us better and getting us prepared for opportunities like this. Moses Moody, uh, post game here. Uh, this is Warriors Live, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason with the Warriors tonight coming up just short in their efforts to sweep the Mavericks, but Dallas gets it done 119 to 109. Certainly something of a positive for the Warriors in that um their their young bunch of uh, dub subs on the floor in the fourth quarter were able to make this an eight point game after after Jonathan Kuminga uh, made a, a three and uh boy it was a lot closer than uh, anyone thought it was going to be at that point was 110-102. So something encouraging for the Warriors tonight. Uh, they lose the game, but they get uh, very strong efforts from Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga uh, coming off the bench tonight, J.D. Yeah, good stuff there, and apologies for not being there. I was checking to, to make sure we, I was going to be allowed to stay in this spot. The great Vern Glenn of uh, Channel 5 is is down here to my right, and uh, I know they're starting to clean this place up a little bit. Everything's good, but I was just double-checking, and I got caught uh, away from the headset there a no little worries. bit. Just making sure everything's good until uh, 1 o'clock here, Central <laughs> Daylight Time. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get a couple of calls in. Dave in Fremont is next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Man, that was a, a nail-biter toward the end. Eight points. Uh, I would have I would have probably been the greatest coach ever because I would have let it ride, baby. <laughs> I, I would have let it ride. I would have said, you know what? Because the situation was, too, that you saw Luca's foot get hurt. Man, what would we have felt like if somebody got hurt in that last moment? We would have felt really horrible, but the scenario was that they were hot. It was it was Luca and them, you know, struggling for air or whatever. And and I was like, let it ride, guys. I mean, that, you got nothing to lose, really, right? Just keep going and don't jeopardize. But then I I saw that. I don't know if you guys noticed, but it was almost like the camera looked around the room, and then I go. Oh, okay. They looked over to Mr. Lacob to say, what, do you think we should uh, do this? And he's like money was in his eyeballs. And he goes, uh, nope, I don't think so, gentlemen. We need to make a little bit of makeup cash here. Let's put the guys out there. They know what's going on. <laughs> These youngsters, uh, they're a little too green to understand the ramifications. <laughs> Great phone call, Dave. We appreciate it. Call of the night from Dave at 11 uh, or 1025 here on 95.7 yeah. The Game. Uh, I I thought, and Luca did get a little banged up in, in, the, in the final. Nothing to worry he had to come out or anything like that, but, but he did take a couple of falls and, and did look like he was trying to shake something off on a couple of plays. And, and I'll say this. I thought uh, when, when Steve Kerr in, what was it, the third quarter, he left Curry on the floor 
in in the third quarter as the game turned into a blowout late, and it was Curry, and he had emptied the bench at, at that point other than Curry, and I thought, boy, could you imagine if, if Steph winds up getting hurt in this instance where he's the only one out there with a bunch of bench guys trying to make it a little closer before the, the start of the fourth quarter. So I actually had that thought. Uh, again, different situation in the fourth, but I had that thought in the third. Yeah, far be it for me to criticize Coach Dave, who would let it ride. But again, to me, the Warriors there, you're back in the game. It's late, not a lot of time left. We're probably going to need some threes. So we got Steph, we got Clay. Maybe we go back to those guys. It made sense to me. To Luca uh, and his various maladies, I know at one point it looked like his foot hurt. JD, there was a time in sports where when a guy got injured in the groin, he would kind of sit there and everyone would kind of, uh, and now, like, Luca's just grabbing where he's hurt. And I've seen other players yeah. do that. It's like, hello, I liked it better in the old days where we all kind of knew and you didn't have a guy <laughs> grabbing himself there. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, <laughs> but, but I preferred the old way of dealing with those injuries. I, I think I'm with you. And, yeah, there is a little <laughs> slight little, little generational gap between you and I, yeah. but I think, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. I like the old way as, as well. Uh, yeah. Robin in San Francisco next. Hey, Robin. Hey, guys. Robin, uh, are you there? I like the old yeah. way, too, because it always makes me feel like the guy's just pulling. I can't sit on the air. You know how guys are always <laughs> pulling, pulling their yeah. in the front? Okay. Sure. Jesus, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, so here's a... <laughs> I have two boys. I'm so well aware. Um Here's the deal. Uh, oh, yeah. To me, the Warriors looked a little, they looked a little tired to me. Um, and just I want to see if you guys share that, that sentiment. Uh, besides, when you just get outplayed, you get outplayed. But um, I wanted to uh, say to uh, J.D. that I agree with you about uh, this uh, thing about these youngsters. I mean, I, I had to sneak and watch some of the game. So I didn't watch it all. I like to be better prepared in my comments. But from what I could tell uh, when I, I was watching, the bench was literally playing. Well, our, our youngsters were playing their bench. So, you know, our bench was better than their bench. And, yeah, you know, we, we have talent. There was talent out there on the floor, you guys. But they also did look like rookies, like they did not know where to go, where to be. Um, and so, you know, I don't see that as, as, oh, they're the future. And whoever said you don't put your starters back in when you get ahead, it's crazy because they're going to put their starters back in. You roll with who got you there and you lose with who got you there, okay? So, I, you know, in terms of, um, let's face it, if Otto Potter Jr. was, was healthy, if Gary Payton was healthy, Kaminga and these guys wouldn't even be playing. So I think we need to slow our rolls up, Nation, on this is our future because you could see that they did look like rookies too, okay? And can I ask you something? Is that my boy Whitey? Please forgive me if you're cold. But what is it about <laughs> Jordan Poole? Why is he always falling down? down? Is this the floor always wet? One last thing. Didn't the Warriors play a game where the lights had went out, but when they came back on, they won it? Do you think we're being jinxed by you guys? <laughs> Whitey, uh, I'm going to yeah. let you address that. And it is yeah, Whitey, thank you. by the way. It is Whitey, not Coase, Robin. Uh, thank you. It's a good question. Jordan Poole, I I'll just say this. I know Jordan Poole, when he gets bumped – 
and he goes down, he's going to let you know that he got bumped. He'll stay on the floor for quite some time looking like, oh, my goodness, I think he was shot. And then, you know, uh, are they going to review it? They are. Okay, we're good. Um, But, yeah, he's been falling down a lot. Tonight when he fell down on that crucial turnover, he just over dribbles sometimes. So it's two different things. He's a little over dramatic when he gets bumped. He falls down then, but also he over dribbles sometimes and he gets ahead of himself, falls down then too, Robin. I think those are the reasons why Jordan Poole falls down too much. J.D., back to you. Yeah, the 408 on the Xfinity Mobile text line had a, a quick thought on Jordan Poole, but but also, again, disagrees, uh, I think, a little bit with, with my take on, on that group that started the fourth quarter and, and what it means big picture. Huge minutes for Kaminga, Moody, and Bielitsa. The 408 writes, going into the finals, those three guys will play huge matchup minutes also, Jordan Poole was getting a little chippy and fired up at the end of the game. Watch him come out flaming in game five. Thanks for an extra home game, writes the 408. And, yeah, on his sixth foul, uh, Poole did did get uh, a little chippy with the uh, shot to the face. Yeah, and he also – he was chippy early in the game, too. Um, wasn't that when Wiggins came over and was telling him, like, just relax, it's okay. He got He got really upset about something. Bielitsa, I know we talked about who's going to play more on Warriors uh, this week, and I think there may be spots for Bielitsa in this series, given uh, some of the bigs that uh, Dallas likes to employ. So I'll be interested to see if Bielitsa played well enough tonight for Steve Kerr maybe to give him um, some minutes uh, when the series gets back to San Francisco. I know he's been happy with Looney's been playing great and Draymond, so it's not like they need help at the center position, but Bielitsa did a really good job tonight. Uh, do we still have Al and Alameda on the phone lines? Al, uh, yeah or no? Yeah, all right, let's get Al in and Alameda here on 95.7 yeah. The Game. Hey, Al. Good evening. Al. Hi. Hello. Hey, um, you know, I, I, I shut down my TV there for a while. Then my wife tells me, hey, we're only down by 10. <laughs> and I said, really? Then, then, then I look at it, then I see our bench playing. Then I said, oh, my God. They, they cut it down. They cut it down. Okay. And ESPN says, and I see Steve Kerr says, well, well we took out our uh, bench because they were tired. What's up with that? I mean, that's like a slap in the face. Like, come on. They brought it down to 10 points. You know, Kaminga, Lee, just leave these guys out, the starters. You know, leave them out. Let this guy have experience. I know he did. I think what was that? Third quarter or second quarter? They put those. Uh, they put the bench in there. Have him a little experience. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to give him a little experience on this playoff time, because when it comes to uh, the, uh, hopefully we make it, we will on on the final. Have him a little experience. But having that that comment says, oh, we uh, took him out because they're tired, so I put up Seth Curry in there. Come on, don't don't. Don't take a chance of getting hurt. Come on, let's go back to you know, Bay Area, San Francisco. Blame, blame their fully strength again. And I didn't like the comment he said. And, uh, uh, then again, that, that got me driving crazy. But in a way, <laughs> you know, I got, I got an issue on this. Uh, on the game three here, okay? I don't know who's that, who's that uh, referee there, uh, Henderson, whatever. Whoever that, that, he looks like a pit bull to me, who got... Uh, Draymond Green on backcourt, then he got him a technical, then he called offensive on a, uh, on a Wiggins. That 
that referee, he did he did everything really, really, really bad there at that game. Okay, and and I I got everything recorded and I rewind everything and played. He wasn't he was he wasn't even watching every footage of it. He just called, okay, okay, we don't like the Warriors. I don't like Green. Right. I'm gonna call everything against him. All right, Al, thanks for the call. Uh, Whitey, I'll let you react to that. Oh, he's talking about Mark Davis, who officiated the yes. last game. Mark Davis, Correct. who was not one of the officials uh, tonight. And we've been over and over whether you put your starters back in. And maybe, you know, I don't know, as far as the, I, 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 what Steve Kerr was trying to do was win the game tonight. He's trying to win the game and win the series. So he's not as worried about, gee, these guys, boy, they sure played their young hearts out. Let's give them some experience. No, he's trying to freaking win a series. They have a chance. Wow, we could sweep. Let's put, I don't know, Steph Curry back in the game. Maybe we win. So that's all he was trying to do, and I don't know how anyone can find fault with that, J.D. No, not not when you're talking about a future Hall of Famer and, and one of the maybe top, 10 players in the history of the game. I mean, those are the conversations we've been having about Steph Curry in the last few weeks, and rightfully so. And now people are saying, ah, maybe you don't put Steph back in the game when you're within striking distance and and, and three minutes to go in a in a clinching game to go to an NBA <laughs> Finals. Like, right. What do, uh, Mark, let, let's get Mark and Petaluma, 888-957-9570. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? We're doing well, man. Yeah, so I agree with you guys. It's weird. Okay, okay. It's weird that Steph Curry didn't come into the game, but to be honest, the way I see it, long-time Warrior fans going there since the Dollar Wednesdays when Bart Parking was free. You know what I mean? And what I see here is he was just on a short leash. You know, he really didn't want to push the guys. Why not just let it go another game? Joey Lightyear is going to get another $20 million in the bank from it, but then they don't have to travel. You get what I'm saying? They win at home. They all get to chill, relax, and go into the you know championship series without having to travel. I think that's a big thing. I'm not saying that they plan to lose. I'm saying when the game got a little out of hand, Steve Kerr is looking at the bench like, all right, let's get the boys in. Let's get the young boys in and see what they can do. Let's see if they're made of you know, you know, this is it. Are you guys made of it? You know, are you going to rise up or are you going to sit down? And it looked like they rose up. So it's it's looking really good for the Warriors, if you ask me. What y'all think about that? Yeah, Mark, appreciate the call. I don't. I don't think anything tonight really matters as far as moving forward in the series. The Warriors had one game to play with; they didn't win it. You go home and you win on on Thursday night, and you and you get to the NBA Finals. You still got six days off. You're good to go at that point in time. So I, I, I think I think that part's that part's all good as far as the plan. I think the plan, Whitey, was to not chase this game. Some games you want to chase, other games you don't want to chase. Sunday they chased. They played the starters some extra minutes. Tonight, I think a lot like game five in uh, the series in Memphis, you don't chase that game once you get down. I thought tonight was you don't chase it. The Warriors didn't chase it. But then that bench group got them close enough to where maybe you kind of half chased it at the end with three minutes to go. Sure. Uh, Mark's right. The Warriors are in great shape. They win two at home. They split on the road. Uh, obviously, if tonight were a Game 7, we probably would have seen Otto Porter, to your point about how they weren't necessarily chasing that one tonight. But I do think this, yeah, the Warriors are in great shape. They know it. One thing, you know, coaches worry, and it's their job, the coaching staff, to look at everything. What do we need to be prepared for? One thing that I think is a concern, I wouldn't even say troubling, 
Dallas had so much success tonight with the Warriors zone, and the Warriors have had a lot of, uh, they've got a lot of traction with that. If Dallas is going to force uh, the Warriors out of their zone in the next game, and that means the Warriors have to go man, then Dallas would be able to attack Poole and attack Curry more in a man-to-man setting. So I think that's the Warriors' biggest concern is the way their zone broke down tonight. At times, Dallas broke it down, as we've discussed. And at times, they just they weren't sure of coverages that appeared. So, yeah, the Warriors are in great shape. I would say that's probably at or near the top of the Warriors' list of concerns going into the next game is, hmm, were they just having a hot shooting night or have they figured out our zone to the point where we're not going to be able to rely on it as much in the next game? I think that's a key question going into to Thursday night, maybe the most key question yeah. going into yeah. into mm-hmm. Thursday night. Good one there. All right, let's keep it rolling. That guy in Oakland next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, that guy. Hey, good evening, uh, fellas. I appreciate you uh... – you guys taking my call and, and what you guys do. Hey, uh, you just tipped your cap to Dallas, um, you know, on this game. It was a strange night with the rain delay at a basketball game, right? And then uh, with Steve Kerr before the, the, the game at the press conference. And, you know, they say entertainment and basketball or sports are, is the dessert of life. So, I mean, we had some real-life stuff going on, and for a few hours we got our minds off of it. So, I'd just like to say, uh, you know, congratulations to Dallas moving forward. Uh, Warriors, if we can do it at home here uh, in uh, less than 48 hours from now, that'd be great. And thoughts and, and, you know, prayers go out to the folks in Texas, the folks in Buffalo, uh, anyone that would, had, you know, gun violence and, and even here, the VTA shooting and the people down south as well. You guys have a great night and, uh, and you know, uh, Hug the ones you care about. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, uh, well said, that guy. Yeah, really well said. Go ahead, Whitey. Yeah. Well, there's just obviously a number of ways you can look at something like this. To me, there's there's a strong argument to be made in situa- situations like this to play the games because it is nice to have. It doesn't mean that you don't uh, care about things that happen, but sometimes it's nice to have something that distracts you. And I, I, Steve Kerr had the perfect answer. He said, we would have respected whatever the league wanted. Um, me personally, uh, in no way, shape or form does it obviously minimize or minimize how the way we feel about a tragedy to have a basketball game. So I was fine with them actually playing tonight. And I thought it was great that Steve Kerr used the opportunity for having a game to speak out on, use that platform to speak about something that he felt strongly about. Um, it was just an odd, odd night. Uh, hopefully what Steve Kerr said will prompt some action and hopefully we can focus more on basketball when the series gets back to San Francisco. All right. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. We'll, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We got a short segment, Wendy and Mark, uh, and you at eight, eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero shot of the game as well as it is warriors wrap up Mavs beat the warriors one nineteen to one Oh nine right here at 95, seven, the game. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. A couple of calls to close it out. John Dickinson in Dallas, joined by Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. Shot of the game momentarily, which is presented by the County of Santa Clara. But before we get to that, let's get to a couple of more calls here. Wendy in Fremont is the longest hold on the board. Hey, Wendy, you're on 95.7 The Game. Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, I have a question. Maybe you guys would understand the basic sort of traditional coaching here. Um, I, I know callers have been, um, made the point about letting the secondary team finish out the game. But what I don't understand is why do that when there, I think that even like five minutes or 50 seconds still left in the game and we were just behind 14 even. Why would we not have been called out, you know, bring the starters then? and then have a, a good chance to to even, like, win the game at that point with the starters and cinch the deal for the series. I don't understand that part, if you, anyone can explain. I think that's a, a fair question, Wendy. And, and Whitey, you, you brought that up, and, and we threw it out there a little bit, I think, at the top of this hour, the fact that there is a, a debate to be had, I think, once you get it within a certain margin, when do you go back to the starters? I think you were sort of hinting that, that you thought Steve Kerr could have gone back to him sooner. Yeah, you could certainly make that case. The answer to the question, Wendy, whether you agree or not, is just that the Warriors, and Steve Kerr explained this, Warriors decided they were going to stick with the bunch unless they really felt like, wow, it's a game now. So to your point, when it was 14 they still felt like, uh, you know, it's not worth the risk here. The odds are still against us. It's not worth the risk of putting starters back in because there could be an injury. But then when it got to eight, obviously it was like, well, yes, we are in this thing right now. So that was it. It's balancing the risk of injury uh, and the odds that you're actually going to come back and win with the chances that starters could come in and, and get it done. So that's why they made the decision when they did. They weren't going to do that unless they felt like we are definitely in this game. And they were, and they just still ended up coming up short, of course. An eight-point deficit with 3.22 to go is an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yes. with yes. with Steph and Clay and, and, and eventually Wiggins all out there on the floor together. But just Steph for Damian Lee, which was the sub, uh, with Poole and, and Moody and Kaminga and Bielitsa at that point when, when Curry went back into the game, Steph and anybody is dangerous down eight with 3.22 to go. That's, that's a lot of time. Uh, in an NBA game. Uh, let's go to Mark and Berkeley next. Hey, Mark, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Mark? You there? Got his Mark radio on, once. I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mark's, Mark, we'll put, we'll put, yeah, we'll, Mark, give us a call back. We'll try and sneak you in here in the, in the last couple of minutes uh, of the show. Let's get to the shot of the game. Pool fakes, gets it in the left corner. Kamenga lets it go. Got it! corner pocket. That's an eight-point game with 3.22 to go, and Dallas calls time. 
time. Inconceivable. <laughs> no question. And 32-11 at that point, the Warriors had outscored the Mavs in the fourth quarter on the Kaminga 3 110 to 102 with 322 to go. Jonathan Kaminga, three of his, uh, three of his 17 in this one, and the lone three ball there is Kaminga, 17 off the bench, uh, leading all bench scores for the Warriors. Your shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID 19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org, or you can call. 2-1-1. Jonathan Kaminga's fourth quarter, a bright spot on a night where the Warriors' Whitey trailed by 29 going to the final frame. Yeah, my wife, Shinya, had pretty much given up on the game at that point. She'd gone down the hall to wash up, and when he made, when and Kaminga's her favorite, when Kaminga made that shot, I literally was yelling down the hallway, Shinya, it's an <laughs> eight-point game! It's an eight-point game! And she was like, what, what? But I kind of had a momentary flashback to the game against San Antonio. Remember that, J.D.? It was like, wow, wait, they might actually do this. So, ultimately, what does it mean going forward? I don't know. The Warriors have to take care of some defensive issues, but that's a real nice positive way to end uh, a disappointing and very strange night in Dallas. Yeah, no, no qu- had, had you seen a, a, a weather delay before, Whitey? A, a, um, they call it a rain delay. I didn't. I want to say, and I know we're up against it, did not, didn't that happen in Sacramento in like the late 80s? Yes. I, I think there was a leak in the roof at there the was. Arco Arena in Sacramento in, yes. and I want to say maybe owner... 1989. <laughs> 89 or 90, I think. And the weird thing was, like, the owner of the team at the time, Greg Lukenbill, went up there. I remember somebody telling me, do you think if that happened in Boston, you'd have Red Arback up there on the roof? But, yes, <laughs> that, that did happen. And I think the Kings might have been playing the Warriors when a tarp fell from the roof in the middle of a game. It wasn't a rain delay, but all kinds of crazy things happened there. But, yeah, there was a rain delay in Sacramento years ago, J.D. You're correct. Yeah, you're Years ago at the old at the old Arco Arena in, in Sacramento, I think then then pretty new at, at the time, uh, but <laughs> but yes, a, a rain delay, and I, I want to say the Kings maybe even gave out uh, umbrellas. They used it and made a promotion out of it for a future game. Uh, I, I think there may be one of those umbrellas running running around somewhere, uh, maybe in, huh. in some of my in a family member's old. Uh, old junk somewhere maybe my dad's old old junk in the, in the garage there may be one of those umbrellas hidden somewhere wow. so yeah that that was yeah collector's I, item. I, I, Ooh, I think so collector's item. Uh, but yeah did you see the look on mark cuban's face but by, by yes. the way when it was and i actually had to look up because i wasn't sure you know, who who owns what right uh, obviously yeah he owns the team but i guess the city of dallas owns the arena Right, right. Ernie Johnson was saying at halftime he remembered um, something like that happening in San Antonio where some water cannons went off, and he thinks it was a game against the Warriors. But I, oh yes, I, the sprinklers. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yes, that was. I want to say maybe even a season opener in in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And yeah, I think uh-huh. the Warriors were there, and the sprinklers went off maybe before the game, and the game uh-huh. got delayed. That's a good. That is a yeah. good. Good, good call. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the strangest thing in San Antonio is when they had a delay because they had a bat flying around during the game in that old uh, Alamo Dome. So, weird night. Weird night tonight in Dallas. Yeah. Whitey, great stuff. Really appreciate you hanging out. I know you're going to be on hand Thursday night as well as we'll do this thing again with the Warriors trying to close it out of chase. 
Looking forward to it, J.D. Thanks. Great job from Big D. We appreciate it. All right. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling Bennett and Craig Valentino and everybody back at our San Francisco studios. Excellent work by one and all. Uh, I'm John Dickinson in Dallas. Uh, where the Warriors, they get beat tonight, 119-109. to We'll talk to you again on Thursday, Warriors Live at 4.30. Damon and Ratto will have that for you here on 95.7 The Game. And then uh, Whitey and myself will be on with Warriors wrap-up following uh, the Dubs and the Mavs in game number five. We'll talk to you on Thursday right here on 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.